Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Good, great. Thanks. We are recording, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, everybody needs to listen (laughs) to the last podcast. Because we were trying to figure out if maybe I missed the part where Kurt counted us down into the recording, or he didn't count us down, but either way. It was pretty pretty funny. Yeah, I was like... Couple minutes in, stuff's like, wait, we're recording. Um, luckily, I, I so, so a, you have a laugh at my cluelessness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have to edit out too much controversy. You know, it's not like you were like saying something blasphemous. I had to edit out, so you know that that's like the, that. You know, everybody can find out we're really boring in real life. Well, I mean, me anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that exciting. I'll I'll be the first to admit it. <laughs> yeah, I, th- well, know, I didn't say you. I mean, you added yourself in there. I wasn't gonna. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. You do have an exciting life. Oh, uh, you know, my life's not too boring, but, you know, I think as you get older, your life just, like, your, your, um, like, sort of standard. So can it not be exciting? Yeah. I think not everything has to be exciting. You know, don't, some things can be a right. little, little, yeah, a little, a little, uh, not bland, but. Well, what's the curse? May you live in interesting times. Sometimes you just don't want things to be interesting. Yeah, sometimes you just want, like, calm, relaxing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the older you get, the more you're like, yep, I can choose calm. That's I think, like, also, too, like, as you get older, you realize that the things that bring excitement can also bring stress and other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I used to love going to clubs. And now, the idea of going to a club just intimidates the hell out of me. Because, like, right. you, got, you got to get ready, you got to get all dressed, you'd have to get the, find a way to get there uh you know when you get there like there's almost always like drama of some sort you know it's just like now i'm like i don't want to go to a club yeah just sit at home watch a good show yeah exactly like gilmore girls Mm -hmm. oh beautiful segue i like that good job there you go um yeah we're talking uh episode five of season three eight o'clock at the oasis which is a really interesting episode for a lot of different reasons. Uh, it's a little surreal. Yep. Sorry? It's a little surreal. It is a little surreal. But then also, too, like, there's a, there's, well, there's the weird ad lib that they do in this episode, or, like, the, the they kind of, like, ADR. When they're looping, they, yeah. No, no, they ADR yeah. one of the lines. And. Yeah, Lorelai, where she says, like, um, did you come back she calls the guy or the guy calls her and she says oh are you coming back from maui or whatever but if you look and at his lips it's... It, it's she's saying bali not maui but she says maui and then it was because bali had like a car bomb that like killed like 202 people like days before mm-hmm. yeah right so this is really interesting because i watched this episode i'm like well she definitely see, says says bali like if you look at her lips definitely says bali yeah i couldn't i couldn't quite catch what she said but now that she said bali that fits because yeah. it kind of looked like she said it but not so i wasn't sure if it was like flub dialogue or if it was something else i'm like no it clearly was something else and like bali oh, yeah, and they maui had are to... pretty close to each other like right right so... there's a little bit of lip variation yeah so the, i guess they had to hustle back into the studio to re-record yeah because you can tell the audio quality changes but they yeah. have to do that pretty fast mm-hmm but it's just interesting because I've I've heard that before and this is my first time 
rewatching this that I like noticed that I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the episode itself, uh, Lorelai goes to an auction that uh, Emily invites her to, and uh, you know she just goes to keep Emily happy. But uh, she meets a man there, none other than John Ham from uh, yeah, it turns Mad out that, Men. Yeah, and Good Omens. He was really good in that. Yeah, have you seen Good Omens? I've seen a little yeah. bit of it. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen a bit of it. Um, yeah, he was also in uh, Baby Driver, which, I mean, yes, it's got Kevin Spacey, but you know, you can just ignore him. You can just mute him on the scenes that he's on or something if you want. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, basically, um, you know, she she's interested in him and goes to um Lorelai or not no Lorelai Emily to uh get uh this guy's information which you could tell that she didn't really want to get that information from Emily cuz she just knew what it entailed which as the episode goes on we kind of see too which is Emily getting a little too involved with with uh Lorelai's dating life um, right, and then you also see Richard kind of explaining that he doesn't get the social thing that happens with Emily, but he knows that it's something that happens, so he's going to help her with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was interesting that he admits he's like, I think this is kind of crazy too, this whole social dance that that Emily's got to do, but it is what it is, and I'm going to look out for it. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting that he kind of showed his perspective of it. Yeah, because I think it kind of goes to show that, yeah, he doesn't always get what emily does but at the very least he supports her which uh, is a very good partner right. what's it, what's it, yeah he wasn't gonna let her give up her um have her first tea of the meeting taken away and again yeah. i was trying to hear, i'm in dar just to see these references to the dar meetings which are really not accurate oh <laughs> really they're not that uh yeah. no. dramatic no 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 well. it's a lot of like um you know philanthropy stuff <laughs> Well, there's no, like, person getting first tea and everything. I think it's interesting that they chose D.A.R. of all the different, you know, they could have made up a name. Yeah. But I wonder if someone's parent or or, or someone that was affiliated with the show was in D.A.R. It's, it's just interesting that they reference it. And I'm, now I'm curious to see how much membership may have gone up after the show. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because mm-hmm. I had no idea because I had never seen the show before. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of curious. I can definitely see. I think it might have taken a while, but I think like as generations get older, people would probably start looking it up out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but yeah, like well to like yeah wrap up that storyline. But like they gotta go on a cup. They go on a date, and uh, it doesn't go well. She's got no chemistry with him. But uh, Emily kind of points out that yeah, it's socially important that at least. Peyton feels like, you know, he's not being, uh, like, he's not being too upset or anything. So, yeah. Despite Lorelai saying, I definitely don't want to see this guy again. He, he has to, she has to go to a concert. I forget, what was the concert they were going to go to? David Bowie. Yeah. Which I'm like, you know what? I'll just go, go to a David Bowie concert. <laughs> like, you know? Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> I was like, pass up David Bowie? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, Lorelai made it sound like it was so terrible, and I'm like, ah, going to Dave Bowie's not that I mean, bad. he sounded like he was boorish, but he didn't sound like he was a bad guy. No, like, he wasn't, like, a terrible human being. He just sounded not... And, like, yeah, not and I'm not saying that you should force yourself to go out with somebody you don't like to go out with, but 
but he didn't sound like he was a bad guy. It's just, I mean, the more she talks about the date, the more terrible it sounds. Like, she yeah. keeps amping it up, I think. I guess to, I don't know, maybe tell Emily how bad it was. But it yeah. just sounds like they just didn't click. No, which happens sometimes on dates. Like, right. people can, uh, you know, get along for the most part. And then, you know, yeah. But really, it really told me how old the show is too. When you see John Hamm looking like a little baby, he looks so young. Yeah, he but does. Then, yeah, everybody, everybody in Mad Men looked much older than they were, I think. Yeah, but you can just see how much you know how much time has passed. This must have been one of his first roles. Mm-hmm. And what a big role though for one of your first roles. Yeah, no kidding. But didn't he look complete? He looked completely different. I didn't recognize him at first. Did you recognize him right away? For some reason, I didn't. Mm, I did, but only because like I've seen this episode a few times, so oh. I know it's him. But yeah, I I think like if you didn't know, it, he kind of just blends into the background a little bit. But yeah. Well, I saw it. I I was like, oh, there's a guy, and I was like, wait, that guy looks familiar. And then once I realized it was John Hamm, my brain. Did something where it looked just like John Hamm. Oh, really? I don't know what that brain process is. But yeah, you look. it's kind of like when you look at an optical illusion and it's not making sense and all of a sudden it clicks and you see it differently. That's kind of my experience with John Hamm. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is this guy? I'm like, oh. And then it very obviously looks like him. But he looks like such a baby. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he's like 30 or something in the show. 30 maybe yeah the news i think he like he must have been in like early 30s like let's see john ham let's see when was he born he was born in 71 so by the time the show oh, he's aired not much older than me huh. he was he would have been 31 when the show was airing okay that fits yeah so that makes sense that adds up um okay what else oh yeah uh and then there's the whole thing with the the sprinklers the whole drama of the sprinklers and this guy shows how you can manipulate people oh this guy was like he was how easy it was for him to do that yeah and he was so nice seeming right so he did a little gaslighting yeah yeah Definitely. See, kind of, yeah, that that was some persuasion slash manipulation, and then all the mm-hmm. board games. And then the then the ex wife is yelling, and she sounds exactly how terrible is he. That at first I'm like, oh yeah, he's just exaggerating how bad she is. But then then when Rory hears the message on the answering machine, yeah, she's yelling out. She wants all her board games back. You're like, oh, those aren't even your board games. <laughs> yeah, for shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's um. It, it kind of felt, like, weird that, like, they seemingly got along so well at that thing, and then they didn't get along at the on their date. You know what I mean? Short exchange. Yeah. Didn't like they? It, like, it didn't... I, I was hoping... I thought it was going to go well, but I also knew that, oh, John Hamm's not going to be on the show for long. Yeah. I just had a feeling, so... I guess for me, it just felt a little weird that, like... He seemingly had, like, a lot of good chemistry uh, with her that, like, they wouldn't have at least gotten along on some basic level. Like, it just felt, like, weird right. to, like, go from, like, 
oh, they seem to be getting along pretty well. Yeah, it was short, but still, like... It was like, forced, yeah. And then, all of a sudden, now it's like, oh, they... Yeah. That's... That felt a little weird, but... I don't know. I mean, I get it. I think also, too, like, they were maybe, like... Trying to say, like, hey, you can't judge a book by its cover or something. Right. But... Um... Cool. Or Kirk uh, had all the, the made-up the made up uh, car talk. No, that's the next episode. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, but yeah, we did get um, also the... Yeah, like uh, Lorelai being pressured into watering the lawn. And there was other stuff this guy kept adding, which felt weird. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't... I, I agree that like it felt... Uh, yeah, it, it didn't feel true. Uh, like, the way he kept, like, kind of, like, stringing her along with things just felt like he was hiding stuff. And I don't know, he seemed like a nice enough guy, but then, yeah, it just, like, spiraled way too quickly. And again, where's the, I want to see a map of this town. Where are these houses in relation to everything? <laughs> yeah. And see, it looked very, um, backlot, California backlot, kind of. Um, so yeah. it kind of looked like it looked like a street that you had seen in other episodes or other shows. Yeah, the houses had enough of a different. The houses looked different enough that they didn't fit into what I would consider would be their town. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if this is like a backlot thing. Mm hmm. Uh... We don't know who this guy was. He used to live in the house. So I was like, what happened to him? Mm hmm. Mystery. But I think they said something like he moved out or he... I forget what the deal was. And I'm like, did he die in the house? <laughs> Why my brain goes there? Mm-hmm. But I was like, maybe the house is haunted. Yeah. See, this is, you, know, you know I don't like scary movies, so... Yo, you're not a scary movie fan. <laughs> Although I saw Heredi Hereditary... No, Hereditary? Oh, did Heredi you? Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, my, that is messed up. Wow. <laughs> so I guess when I see a scary movie, I, like, go to the end of the scale of scary... Because I'm just like, hey, why don't I just see, see something so scary that is completely off the charts scary? Yeah. That was terrifying. Oh, You know, one day I wanted to, like, write a really extensive article about the, how that movie helped me with my grieving process with something I was grieving at the time. Because I feel like that movie oh, actually helped Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I felt like that movie was actually very cathartic for me in a lot of ways. But it is kind of funny because, like, oh, I can yeah. definitely, yeah. <laughs> I think for most people, they're like, eh. Me, I walked out of that movie, I'm like, I feel great. I love life. <laughs> no, I think there is a lot of catharsis in horror movies. I could definitely see that being um, cathartic for grief issues. Yep. Yeah. And wow, Tony Collette's good in that movie. Oh, she, is. she wasn't nominated for Oscar, was she? She should have been. No, she should have. Because, yeah, she was so great. Um, terrifying. So, anyways. <laughs> but really... So, my first thought when they were talking about this guy's house, I'm like, is he dead? Did he die in the house? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Is he in the? Is he got like some uh, cult in the basement or in the attic or something? Um, but like, really, the whole subplot of the sprinklers really is just leading up to Jess coming into the yes. rescue, and then realizing that Dean's coming, and he does such a noble thing where he turns the sprinklers back on. So I was gonna ask you what you thought of of why he did that. I think he did it out of respect for Rory. Okay, see, I thought he was doing it as a solid for Dean, so Dean could look like he was, you know, helping her out. 
But, the but thing is, like, I also saw that he was doing it so she wouldn't get in trouble with him. Yes. I don't think she did it. I don't think he did it for Dean because she already knew that he fixed it. Like, she saw him do it. So she's not all of a sudden going to go, oh, Dean fixed it. Like, she knew that he fixed it first. I think she he did it so that because he knew that if Dean saw him, like, that would create drama because, of course, Dean's controlling and a, a psychopath. But, uh, Rory, right. I will see more of that in a later episode. But, um, yes. And so she would have to come up with who helped her. Yeah. And he didn't want to put her in that position. Okay. Which I think is actually very That's admirable bad. of him. Like, yeah, I thought that was a cool move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. Yeah. Well, you can tell that he really he thinks about how she's doing and how she's going to react to things. And I think Dean, in a way that Dean does not. Yeah, I think Dean doesn't really have a self, or he doesn't have an awareness of those around him. Um, but uh, keep in mind, he's supposed to be sixteen or seventeen in the show. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we see in a later episode that Jess actually calls out Dean's misogyny. So yeah, which we're getting to another couple yeah. episodes. Mm hmm. But uh, you know, comparatively, you know, Jess you know, very selflessly kind of says, you know what, like, I'm going to remove myself from the equation and let Dean do what he's going to do and not create drama, which, uh, say right. what you will about Jess, but, like, I think that's a lot admirable than anything Dean would ever do, so. Mm -hmm. Right, well, we're just on the eating Dean train, too, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm just ready for Dean to go to the Supernatural I was going to justify. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he eventually leaves, okay. Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, sooner rather than later? Sorry? Hopefully he leaves. So hopefully he leaves sooner rather than later. <laughs> One can hope. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite and least favorite performance from this episode? John Hamm, for the amount of time that he was on there, he yeah. did really well. I think he had like four lines or something. But I don't know. I think it's probably confirmation bias. You knew he became something bigger later on. Um, yeah. But it's like he did really well with like a little short part. Mm. I was kind of impressed with that. The um, I thought the guy that played the neighbor for being a really annoying guy that kind of shows up as nice, but then plays it as he's actually kind of a little bit sinister. I thought that guy did a really good job because yeah. I really didn't like him. You know, I think we've all had experiences like that with people that kind of weasel their way in to get us to do stuff, and we say yes before even realizing it. Mm -hmm. So, um, that, and I, I don't know, I thought Lorelai, I thought that she would have been more assertive with him. I was a little surprised at that she didn't say no to this guy. Yeah. But I also see why not, because he was so slick. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, like... Um, oops, there's work phone going off again. Um, I think too, like it's worth noting too that like, um, in the case of like Lorelai, like she probably goes into this with low expectations that she's not gonna like anybody. So when somebody comes mm -hmm. along like John Hamm's character, who is like charming and funny, or at least like in that I one instance. Yeah, like, she's like, oh, this is not what I expected at this kind of event. And uh, mm -hmm. I think maybe she was more inclined to like him than otherwise. Because, 
I think she just had such a low expectations for that event that she was like, oh, yeah. Right. And I love that Michelle, oh, one of my other favorites is Michelle. Turns out Michelle loves auctions and knows everything about auctions. And you can see him really getting in his element. I love that part. Oh, he yeah. He was so excited that he was picking up all this extra work at the end. I thought it was kind of mean that she was making him do all this stuff at the end because he's helping her out. He didn't want to be at this auction anyway and bid on stuff. But yeah, yeah, like Michelle was really smooth. There was a, uh, I guess she calls him, what does she call him, Michelle? What does she call him? She doesn't call him Michelle, does she? She she uh, anglicizes his name, doesn't she? Anyways, but Michelle, there's a table or something. You see him like very calmly holding up his paddle. Like he's been in this scene before, you know, he knows, he knows what he's doing. And I love those things where you see like the, just these little side glimpses of the characters that he loves auctions. I just love yeah. seeing people and the, the characters in in their element, and he just loved it. So you know he's like just bidding like five hundred dollars on something, and I'm thinking, well, did you get permission from Lorelai to do that? Like, how is that how is that working out? Yeah. And and then they then they deliver the wrong lamps, and guess what? It's a complete switch. So she has to go over to mom's house because somehow, the um, the auctioneer house or auction house re completely reversed the orders of the lamps. Yeah. Who wouldn't thought? I was like, yeah. really? Mm -hmm. How about they just like go over and say hi to each other instead? Of, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just say, just say hi. Why just... blame the auction house? Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. Uh, oh gosh, who was my favorite? Least favorite performance. Um favorite was Jess because even though it was a short little thing I thought he was great uh least favorite um oh gosh it wasn't really like a too too many weak ones this episode yeah you know what I'm not gonna choose anyone because I thought everyone was pretty good this episode did I even come up with a I don't even know if I came up with a weak one I don't think I did except maybe just Oh, Dean didn't actually show up. Did he? I don't think. know if he did. I think she called him, but I don't think he actually appeared. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm always impressed with how actors can just talk to nobody on the phone. Yeah. I can do that. I'd be like, are you there? Hello? Yeah, right. Um, hello, how are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's talent. Yeah. Um, favorite reference for this episode? My favorite reference was, uh, uh, oh, the tiki bar, and Rory wanted to have one, and how come we never have one? Laura like goes, oh, because we're not two wild and crazy guys, and that's a reference to Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. to um, Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd had the two wild and crazy guys on the show. I just I like that reference. That was fun. Okay. So, um, uh, I think it was like Doris. Uh, character says, I should call Aaron Brockovich to bring a, a lawsuit against your parents, you steaming lump of toxic waste. Right. That was great. Right. And why did, why was Rory referring to Dean as, you know, damn you, your Unibomber tendencies? Why was she saying that when she couldn't get a hold of Dean? That didn't make a lot of sense to me. That was a weird reference. Yeah, because what did him not picking up his pager or whatever have to do with being a Unabomber? Maybe because he, Cause he a... was hiding away or something? What's the... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't really quite get that 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 joke. 
Sometimes I think they do, they reference a little too hard. Um, and they want something to stick, but I guess if you do so many references, you know, sometimes one isn't going to stick. But I was like, huh? It felt like a reference to make a reference. Yeah, it also just kind of felt like, yeah, we just didn't really, I don't know. Like, the, the reference didn't really fly, didn't really work, so. Right, right. Um, Favorite quote from this episode? Do you have a favorite quote? If we walk in there, it's Dead Mother singing a rocking chair, not a bit surprised. <laughs> the psycho reference. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of like <sighs> one one that I liked. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I think just like that whole voicemail that the the wife left which actually was alex bornstein yeah that's what i was wondering i was wondering if it's alex bornstein yeah because she also voices who on family guy um, doesn't she voice family guy she's the mom yeah and she was also in uh the first couple episodes as the uh, as the harpist yeah so but that whole thing of and she was on marvel's mrs Maisel. yeah uh i mean yeah, I mean, I did like the Aaron Brockovich reference, but that whole quote was just great. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think like the the part where she's like, "I will hunt you to the ends of the earth until I get back, I get them back." Like me in the board games, and then she's like, "Especially the Trivial Pursuit." Right. <laughs> that was great. Which is a good game. <laughs> it is fun. Um, behind the scenes trivia, uh, we mentioned that yeah. Uh, this episode originally was going um, to reference Bali, but then they changed it to Maui. But if you look at the lips, they're still saying Bali or Bali. Yep. So they got, that was 10 days before, right? So yeah. they quick went into ADR and changed it around. Which is fine. I wonder how that works in their contracts, really. I um, imagine. Like, I'm assuming they're obligated. Hmm? I'm assuming that, like, they're okay like they probably would be okay with it like it's not like they made a huge change that somebody would like you know get too upset about well i wonder if you have the right as an actor to say no i'm busy i can't do looping or whatever mm -hmm. um but i'm assuming that that they are obligated to at some point i guess it depends on what your contract says because i know we've talked before about just lauren grant's contract in general whenever she signs a contract for something now to act in she has a clause in there that she can leave at any time to film like Gilmore Girls. Which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah. I think uh I think that was it. I mean yeah. The Yeah, I, I the Bali Maui thing, I think to me also sort of gets to the point that like I think the show tries to avoid too much real world like drama or crises. Like the second season premiered around or shortly after 9-11 and like they don't bring that up at all like I no there's there are occasional at the newsstand there was occasionally there's a reference to something to do with um a current event but that's been it i think there's been like one or two yeah they don't so when they do references they're always throwback references yeah they, they don't necessarily do it that often which is which is fine no. like I, I think the show's not really that type of show. Like, it's not keeping up with... It's not like the West Wing or something like that. Like, 
you know, it's really just the story. It's like the... a comfort food show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know some people think like, oh, they should bring these things up more. I'm like, I, I think you're okay. I think I'd rather, I'm happier off knowing that like they live in their own little cor- corner of the world and they're doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. Right. And it's nice to have something that's kind of timeless. I mean, I know there are some references that fall flat, but I'd say it's maybe just 10% of them. Yeah. Mostly so, it's pretty timeless. Like, even, yeah. Yeah, aside from me seeing John Hammond, that just pulled me back into, oh, the show's older. Yeah. <laughs> you really can't tell. Or unless mm-hmm. you see Alexis Bledel, which which she she's you know looks like an adult now. Um, mm-hmm. That's always kind of shocking. Lauren Graham looks the same. Yeah. But I've only seen parts of the revival, so. And then Luke pretty much looks the same as he does now. Oh, yeah. I've, I mean, Mila Ventimiglia grew up a lot since yeah. he was on the show. He oh yeah, completely different. He's so muscular now too. Yeah, and he just looks like an adult. Like I can't explain what that is, but yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, any mental health observations in this episode? I think just to watch out when people ask you to do something, you always want to ask why. Um, yeah. The way this guy at, got Lorelai to do his lawn. First, he had a lot of chutzpah. And second, you know, this is the way that people get you to do stuff is they kind of lure you in with friendliness and then hit you with, hey, do you mind doing this for me? And then you wind up doing it. And it's also okay to change your mind. If you, you know, it, it would have been appropriate for Lorelai to say, hey, um, now that you tell me all this stuff, I just can't do it. And to the point where she, she went with him to look at his house rather than, you know, there's pizza waiting for her inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's okay to say no, everybody. Yeah. Even if you've agreed and said yes, if the terms change. And you see how he left a note. Instead of contacting her, he left Mm -hmm. a note. And then he got her phone number. Which probably would have been good to have his phone number anyway if you're going into his house. But to go into his house, then you're assuming that liability. Mm -hmm. So just say no. Yeah. Cool. But I guess he also, if it was a neighbor, why she wouldn't say no. Yeah, and she's probably thinking to, like, help the guy out because you never know in the future what you might need from him. Like, I know if, like, neighbors ask me for help. Yeah. That's on my mind. I'm like, transactional. Yeah, like, what mm-hmm. if this person, you need that their help? Like, it's nice to help them out and know that, you know, in the future, if you need their help. I mean, not like it's a guarantee, but at least you can go to them for right. the most part. So. And it turns out he's a board game stealer. <laughs> yeah. If that's true. Yeah. Which, and uh, we never see that guy again. No, we don't. He nope. largely never appears again. No, which is fine. Like <laughs> it just—it's just such a, a surreal kind of. Here's this guy, and you look in his house. He's got his tiki bar and also his oasis, and then mm-hmm. then he's gone. Yeah. Blah blah. Yep, he's gone. Bye day. Okay. Maybe he sold the house. Yeah. I just want to imagine he just like came back and his lawn was terrible, and then he's like, "No, um, I just can't live in this place anymore." No, not anymore. Uh, time to give this a rating. What would you give this a, a score of? It's a seven. I I really like the scene with Jess and Rory and him turning the sprinklers back on. I thought that was kind of sweet. Yeah, I think it's probably the best part of this episode, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like, there's 
there's two big things about this episode. One is, yeah, the big young John Hamm, which now watching it is pretty funny more than anything else to be like, here's a guy who uh, is basically, yeah, like pretty big star nowadays, but he was on there. Um, and then, yeah. It shows kind of how long it takes for, you know, someone to be, quote unquote, an overnight success. Mm-hmm. That this show, what filmed it, would it be 2003 this filmed? No, this came out in like 2002, so it would like filmed in 2001. Okay. And when did let's see, Mad Men start in 2006? Yeah. Let's see, Mad Men. Okay, so 2007. So mm. it took five years from then for him to be on Mad Men, and I think when he was on Mad Men, I don't know if he are if he had a lot of acting gigs under his belt. No, I think Mad Men very notoriously hired a lot of actors that did not have a lot of credits under their belt, but later became pretty popular from the show, mm-hmm. uh, which Alexis Bedell appeared on Mad Men. So. Oh, that's right. And that's where she met her husband. Yeah. Vincent, uh, was it Kirschheiser? Yeah, I think so. Kirschheiser? Yeah. That sounds about and right. I think he his wife. No, she didn't play his wife. Allison Bree played his wife. Yeah. And he I played like a what... mistress or she played a mistress. Of yeah. His. Yep. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I think you mostly remember this episode for, yeah, John Hamm, but then also too, yeah, the stuff between Jess and, uh, Rory, which I think is so great. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give this uh, probably like, yeah, a seven seems right. Yeah. Like it, it's, great. it's definitely above average. It's not like the greatest episode, but it's, it's good. Yeah. So. Oh, he was in We Were Soldiers before he was in Gilmore Girls. That came out the same year. Ah. Okay. And then he was in Providence. He was in like six episodes of Providence. Okay. So, yes, but his first role is in Ally McBeal. He was, this is his title, Gorgeous Guy at Bar in 1997. <laughs> That's funny. So there you go. There you know go. you're good looking when your title on the show is Gorgeous Guy at Bar. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing to be called, so... All right. Uh, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Guest lighting is the book and talking brains is the other podcast that you do. And then, uh, yeah, I can be a fund over at threeingrudors.com almost every other day posting content. And uh, with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.